On this week's show, the 2021 regular season for the CFL kicks off with a rematch of the 2019 Grey Cup and the Pro Football Hall of Fame inducts not one, but two Hall of Fame classes. In this week's history lesson, we look back at some of the highlights and lowlights of our podcast with excerpts from past shows. That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 209 for August 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. Yes, we're we're doing it. <laughs> it's a little warm in the man cave a little, today. A little warm, yeah. It's going up to a high of, I think, 89 degrees here in Michigan. Oh, and... boy, yeah, it was pretty hot out there. Yeah, yeah, so uh, hopefully we won't be sweating too much by the time we're done with this. Right. <laughs> We come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL to the XFL, college, high school, indoor, and arena football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's start with reviewing what happened this past week with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That's right, everybody. The CFL's back, and I I can't be happier about it. Oh, man. It's so good to watch some CFL football. Oh, I know. I think I caught a little bit of every single game this week. I didn't get to sit down and watch a full game, I don't think, but... Being, just being able to see CFL either on my phone. At one point, I was out at dinner. I watched a little bit on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends yelled at me, so I put it away. Uh, <laughs> well, I but, think three of the four games were on television that we could catch. The The Toronto game was the one. Yeah, that's that, the one I watched on my phone, yeah. yeah. We, we, we caught the highlights, but it wasn't uh, live on TV like the other three were. Yeah, but, I mean, it's great to see the CFL back yes. after, what do you say, uh, 628 days since yeah. the last CFL game yep. was played, at least when the first game we're going to talk about was played so yeah we kicked things off last thursday night it was the winnipeg blue uh, blue bombers defeating the hamilton tiger cats 19 to 6 during the game or before the game rather the bombers unveiled their 2019 gray cup banner yeah they they said they weren't going to do that until they had a full stadium because they were talking about doing it last season you know before it started and all and the course no season got, got canceled and so they they said man we're not putting it up until we have fans in the stands because they thought they might be playing to empty stadiums last year and that's when they right. decided yep oh we're gonna wait till we got fans here and then we're gonna do it and they did yeah because i thought it would be like an individual banner it was more of like just a big right like, at just adding the year to the big banner 11 right. time great cup champion right. so regardless still cool it'd be great to be a fan up there to see that get posted sure um but hey let's talk about the game itself and the game wasn't Terribly exciting. It started off exciting because uh, the Tiger Cats came out and threw a bomb of a touchdown, scoring first. But after that, it was all uh, Blue Bobbers <laughs> scoring 19 unanswered to obviously win the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the highlights from the game. How about quarterback Zach Caleros of Winnipeg? You know, 18 of 28, 217-yard passing with two touchdown passes. Yeah. Uh, just a great performance by him. I thought the Blue Bombers looked pretty good. And Hamilton... Boy, oh boy, I was really pulling for them, but they just looked like they were struggling most of the time. Masoli, you know, kind of uncharacteristically throwing. At least to me, uh, I thought Masoli looked a little uh, little rusty. 
Well, it's other gonna, than that first touchdown. Yeah, it's going to be rough for a while because they had no preseason. Yeah. You know, no no preseason games against anybody else. Uh, they've only been in camp for a couple weeks, and so yeah, this was their first real action against another team. I don't think they even scrimmaged, did they? I have no clue. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think they got together and scrimmaged with other teams. So uh, this is the first chance they had to, to hit somebody else that wasn't in their own jersey uniform. So um, this. I mean, we expected some rust this first week, yeah. but. I mean, there there's still some great games. Like we're going to transition to the next game, which uh, we watched the first half, and boy, did we miss a second <laughs> half. Uh, definitely a tale of two different halves yeah. here. Uh, British Columbia uh, fell to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, thirty three to twenty nine. Saskatchewan. It was a sellout crowd there. Uh, they were up thirty one to nothing in the first half, and then uh, thirty two to nine going into halftime. Uh, yeah, you wrote it down wrong in the script. Did I? Definitely Saskatchewan. Okay. I, I got BC over Saskatchewan. Yeah, you're, he's got a quizzical look on his face. Uh, but, no, that's what happened. Um, Another faux pas on my rundown. Yeah, uh, terrible, it happens every now and then. terrible research staff that puts these notes together <laughs> for four years, dang it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot to mention up top. It's our fourth anniversary show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was right. one little thing. I'm so used to doing the intro, but you added now, that. Now, that little... I did have that written down. You did have you... that. So, there. Uh, yeah, this is our fourth anniversary show, folks. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing this for four years, 209 consecutive weeks. Uh, not a, not a break anywhere in four years, and so it certainly yeah, feels our, like it's been. Yeah, it was it was long. August 13th of 2017. Yeah, so 2017 probably 2018, 19, 20, 21. 18. I'd say 2014. <laughs> 2014. 20, oh, 2017. Sorry, I can't speak. <laughs> and all I do is talk on podcasts for a little. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to the game at hand. So as we mentioned, the the Rough Riders were up thirty two to nine at halftime. But obviously, right before halftime, uh, what the last thing we saw was uh, British Columbia kicker Takaru Yamasaki becoming the first Japanese born player to score points in the CFL with a forty three yard field goal. There. Yeah. Uh, heck of a, a kick. It just barely, barely made it in, but it still counted. And, I mean, he got a, a point later on after a missed field goal that wasn't right. returned, right. a rouge. So, a little bit, I mean, obviously a great moment there. Uh, I don't know if you saw the cool football he got uh, with some Japanese lettering on it. Yes. That was pretty neat. Yes. So, really cool moment for that, you know, to end the first half. But then the second half, uh, British Columbia just clawing back. Uh, starting quarterback, was it Mark Riley, uh, came out. Uh, instead, they had a, a backup plan or a rookie quarterback plan for the first half. I guess Riley had a bum bum arm or something, and he just didn't feel like he could go to the beginning of the game. Second half, of course, they're getting beat. He, maybe he feels like, well, maybe I can. He goes out, he throws some passes, but you could tell uh, during some of those highlights that he just didn't have that zip. He was really floating the ball around, and some of the receivers had to really compensate and, and make those catches. And then he went back out of the game, and uh, I think the – I forget the rookie quarterback, Rourke. I'm not yes. sure yeah, uh, he, is his last name. Yeah, he, he, you know, he played at uh, uh, my, uh, University Ohio. of Ohio, yeah. yeah. But he in came Ohio. in. I mean, then he looked pretty decent at some points, threw a couple of interceptions during the game. Uh, but the fact that they clawed back and they only lost by four points and that in the second half they held Saskatchewan to one point mm-hmm. is pretty good. So who knows uh, what these teams will be in the future. But, you know, congratulations to Saskatchewan. And I know one other note you wanted to make was that uh, Yamasaki, the kicker there for British Columbia, was the 19th overall pick in the CFL's 2021 Global Draft. Yeah, they have the Global Draft where they uh, they have contracts with uh, football leagues around the world, Australia and Europe and Japan, and uh, they have a Global Draft of, of just those players from other countries. And 
uh, being the 19th pick, that, he, that would have made him the first pick in the third round uh, of the draft. So uh, good for him. Uh, the, their punter uh, and holder for kicks. Yeah, the punter was, was from Australia. Was from Australia, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they <laughs> a couple of foreign guys. And, and every team, I think, uh, uh, just about grabbed a kicker in that draft. So yeah. we'll see how they all work out. And yeah. congratulations to uh, Takeru Yak- uh, Yamasaki for uh, mm-hmm. getting his first field goal in the CFL. Congratulations. Yeah. All right, so then we move on real quick to the next game. The Toronto Argonauts defeated the Calgary Stampeders 23-20. to Calgary was up in this game late, uh, mid-fourth quarter, up 20-12. to uh, But Toronto was able to put another drive together. They scored a touchdown. Then later on, they were able to uh, kick a 32-yard field goal with 41 seconds remaining uh, to essentially take the lead. And then with you know the 30-whatever seconds left, uh, Calgary gets the ball back. There was an interception. Right. Toronto seals the you know seals the deal. Yep. Uh, but what a game by uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, quarterback of the uh, Argonauts. There, you know, twenty four of thirty seven, three hundred and fifty four yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, a couple of quarterbacks got over a few quarterbacks got over the three hundred yard mark this mm-hmm. week. But man, oh man, three hundred fifty yards just really jumped out to me yeah. uh, when looking back at this game. Yep, that's a bunch. Yep. All right, moving on. Then the final game of the week, we saw the Ottawa Red Blacks take on the Edmonton Elks in a very defensive battle. This was something else. Uh, Ottawa took the game 16-12. to They had a combined seven field goals. Can you believe that? <laughs> like, that's just nuts. Yeah, this was the battle of the field goal kickers this week. And, and uh, they were both perfect. I think uh, yeah. Sean White of uh, Edmonton, yeah, it would have been Edmonton's kicker was four for four. And then Ottawa's kicker was three for three. Mm-hmm. So shoot, perfect kicking. So yep. no worries from those guys. But a little concerned about their offenses. Uh, but don't be worried about Ottawa's defense because they came to play. Uh, they had three sacks, three interceptions during the game, including an interception return for a touchdown, which had to have been 100 yards. I didn't look up exactly how many yards. You said he he, he caught it about the 10. Right about the 10-yard line. And it's and a 110-yard field, so that's 100 that's yards. Got, yeah, so I'm not sure what it officially <laughs> got marked at. It's 100, you know, 99. Yeah. But whatever, it was still awesome. And that yes. dude, and even more memorable by the dude's just long hair going all the way down to his butt. Yeah. And then he flipped into the end zone. He is. That was a great play. He has the longest hair in the CFL. I, I, I kid you not, you cannot read his number because it goes down to his <laughs> belt. Just, I mean... <laughs> All the way down to his butt crack, I think. It is so long. And there's another guy on the team, too, where's number zero. Yeah. His is almost as long. But, yeah, the guy that returned the kick. The that was a great, I mean, great play. Wow. Great hair. Yeah, great hair, great <laughs> he, play. He should be doing those head and shoulders commercials with... Uh, uh, Palomalu. <laughs> Troy Palomalu, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the battle of the hair in that one. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. I, that's probably my play of the week. If mm. Not that this, that'll be a recurring segment. But if, if I had to pick a play, that was oh, pretty yeah. good. That was great. Because that, that catch was bobbled. It was up in the air. And that defensive back just took it and ran yep. all the way back. So that was pretty good. So uh, on top of that, I believe Edmonton's defense didn't slouch either. They had five sacks, I want to say, if I remember looking at the stat sheet correctly. I, I didn't write it down. But I think they had about five sacks. But how about this stat line uh, for Edmonton quarterback Trevor Harris? He was 33 of 44 for 333 yards passing and only three interceptions. Only three <laughs> No touchdowns. Man, each of those interceptions was a killer, especially the one return for a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for the CFL scores. Uh, and then on bye this week, the lone team on bye, the Montreal Alouettes, who will play Edmonton next week. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. And it was cool to also see the Elks uh in action yeah you know see see the new well the uniforms were that big a change but to see the name 
to hear the name throughout you know most yeah. of the game and the highlights that we caught and the, the fans and it was cool even the defensive back or the defensive players after making a big play did the the yeah. antler, yeah, the put antler their, thing. Put their and I was thumbs like, in their ear holes and, and wiggle their fingers for, <laughs> for the antlers up. That's kind of like yeah. their uh, motto this year, I guess. But I guess they also had a, a. I wasn't completely sure on the details, but they had like a transition of like some tradition there with a flag uh, going from like an old Edmonton Eskimos flag, mm-hmm. I think, now to a Elks flag. So okay. kind of bridging those, you know, that right old to the new, yep. which was kind of cool. So I think that's cool uh, for Edmonton. Like I said, I like the Elks logo. I like the name. And I love saying it. So yeah, the the helmet could be a little bit better. And yeah, I thought they were going to yeah. keep the old uh, uh, double E helmet. I think they, they, I think they could still that. break that out. I think yeah. you know, especially those ones with the big E on the side. But the the, the elk antlers on the on the helmet should be a little more defined. I, from I, the I distance, you can't make. I them wouldn't out. say defined. It's just it's so small. It's not like it doesn't stick out as visually as like a eagle's helmet, which is pretty simplistic. Right. But right. you know, whatever. I think they got room to tweak it and mess with it sure because if anything the cfl's always got crazy helmet designs that they'll play with uh but so let's talk about the standings real quick obviously it's week one so right. not a whole lot here yeah. obviously in the west you're gonna have saskatchewan and winnipeg at one and zero at the top of that uh with calgary edmonton and british columbia all uh following suit in the bottom at zero and one over in the east we got ottawa and toronto both at one and zero. montreal obviously having not played a game at zero and zero. And Hamilton at 0-1, rounding that out. Okay. All right. Now to move on to, and here on the world of football, this week in the world of football, we don't really talk about preseason a whole lot. We'll N- highlight NFL some. preseason. NFL preseason, at least. Because, uh, obviously, uh, you're, you're, you're going to follow your team preseason unless something big happens. I mean, it's just preseason. Right. And unless somebody gets hurt or, yeah. or maybe if there's a crazy 99-point game, which has never happened, <laughs> then we'd talk about it. But – well, only we're going to talk about this game though, the Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game of the year, really yep. kicking off the NFL's 2021 season. So it was the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, taking on and pretty much I won't say clobbering, but they pretty much put a handle on the Dallas Cowboys, 16 to three. Quarterback Dak Prescott for Dallas did not travel with the team. Did you know? So obviously he wasn't in the game. It was all pretty much backups. Uh, Dallas was up three to nothing in the first half. They scored in the first quarter. There was no scoring at all in the second quarter. And then uh, they were shut out in the second half, and Pittsburgh, you know, got their 16 points. Yep. So whatever. But I did want to note that Dallas backup quarterback Garrett Gilbert, who was nine of 13 for 104 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions, he was the quarterback of the Orlando Apollos in the AAF a couple of years back. Yeah, back in um, 2018. Yeah, I mean, I remember him being real good in there, and he's, you know, kind of been all over the place as a backup the last several years. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That was a big memorable thing for me. Other than that, <laughs> it was a preseason game, guys. Yeah. That's pretty much yep. all I got to say about that. And obviously we're going to talk more about Hall of Fame weekend sure. as uh, we go sure. along. The big thing about the Hall of Fame game is they'll they'll bring several of the, I mean, they had so many this year you couldn't bring everybody in, but they brought in a number of uh, the inductees. Right. Uh, it's always cool to hear them come into the broadcast Pey- booth. Peyton Manning was in the booth. Other people they interviewed on the sidelines from reporters. And so it's it's always good to hear from, from those guys. But um, yeah, the, the game was just eh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I would kind of like to go to one. If, if the Lions if play the Lions in one, one in the yeah. next few years, I may decide to go. I've never seen them play in one. I think they've played it's been a long time since yeah. they've been in a, a Hall of Fame. Well, game. This would have been a good year for it with Alex Karras and uh, uh, Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson going, going yeah. in. But yeah. you know, what can you do? There were a lot of Steelers though, so I get it with the Steelers. Quite a few Cowboys as well, so I get it. Yeah. Uh, 
but I just mean, yeah, I, I'd almost like to see the Lions in it, but at the same time, it, now with only three preseason games, do we really want that fourth one back? I don't know if I do. Uh, I've told you this before. I remember a time back in the... Uh, six preseason games? They played seven. What the... Seven. The Hall of Fame so game was, six, the seven? Seven, was the seventh oh, okay. preseason game because they had that six preseason games, and then the Hall of Fame game, so you played seven games before Dang. you started your regular season, and yeah, Detroit did that one That just year. sounds way too much for me. <laughs> they should turn all those into regular season games. Uh, moving on, we got some indoor football league scores from Week 16. Uh, first game we got, the Massachusetts Pirates took out the Green Bay Blizzard 50-33. to Moving on, the Iowa Barnstormers uh, got a narrow victory over the Bismarck Bucks, 48-41. to The Frisco Fighters uh, escaped. Well, I guess I can't say escaped. You know how I like to use my <laughs> my fun adjectives yeah. there. Uh, the Frisco Fighters took out the Spokane Shock, 45-34. to The Duke City Gladiators <laughs> pretty much stomped all over the oh. Arizona Wranglers, 71-11. to Now, this was a highlight we saw. Uh at the very end of the game, you know, they were already up 60, I don't know, 64, 65 to 11. And the Wranglers were like, whatever, we're going to try to score anyway, pride. And interception returned for a touchdown, which yeah, made interception it. Interception right around the goal line. So it was returned 50 yards. And then the returner got about taken out in the end zone by one of his coaches or somebody yeah. in, a, in yeah. a nice. Uh, his coach was so excited, like clotheslined him or whatever and knocked was, him on the ground. It was pretty good. Um, and then finally, we had the Arizona Rattlers. Take out the Tucson Sugar Skulls, fifty-five to twenty-eight, and on by this week in the indoor football league, the Sioux Falls Storm. Now, I've been saying I wanted to do this for a while, but we're going to look at the standings since they're getting close to the end of their season. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, starting from number one, going down to the bottom, the Arizona Wranglers at number one, then the Frisco Fighters, Massachusetts Pirates, followed by Spokane, Bismarck, Duke City. Iowa, Sioux Falls, Green Bay, Tucson, and then rounding out the whole league, Northern Arizona at 1 and 11. Yeah, only won <laughs> oh. one game. Uh, and to score 11 points, that's a little oof. Yeah. Well, 11 so points for your 11th loss. It's their first year in the league. Yeah. So, uh, first year anywhere. So Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a, a learning experience for those guys. Yep. Maybe they'll do better like next year if they come back. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Moving on to the National Arena League, and they are in their semifinal playoff round. Uh, the winners are going to go to the National Arena League Championship game. So we start off with the number one ranked Albany Empire taking out the Carolina Cobras 55-41. to And in our second matchup, the number two ranked Columbus Lions took out the Orlando Predators 61-43. to Setting up our matchup in the championship game between Columbus and Albany. That game will be this Saturday, August 14th at 7 o'clock. You can find the game on YouTube. And these two teams, great records. Columbus at seven and two, Albany at eight and one. The top two teams yeah, in the league. They are the top two. And we've been to Albany before for arena football games. They're in the same stadium, that Times Union Center. Yep. Great facility. Yeah. That should be a great crowd. Be a great I love those Albany there. fans out there. So. Yeah, we kind of figured it was going to be Albany and Columbus, but you never know. Once yeah, you get yeah. in the playoffs, somebody anything has a really can happen. Good game. We always, I like to bring up in the arena league how the. Washington Valor with only one or two wins yep. took the whole thing in the yeah. playoffs because they only had four teams yeah, at the time. they caught on fire on the, in the yeah. playoffs and, and just beat everybody. Yeah. But that does it for the World of Football scoreboard. Now I'm going to throw it over to you for some news. All right. We're going to start with NFL news. Uh, the first thing I've got here is that uh, Las Vegas Raiders GM Mike Mayock uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. So it's still out there, folks. Of course. Uh, I mean, we've heard of players getting it. We talked about Lamar getting it last yeah. week. He finally came back. 
this week. Kirk Cousins was another one yep. that kind of uh, got brought up a little bit. Yeah, but mainly I mean, you talk about players, you know, getting it, and, and maybe some of the coaches. But here's a general manager of the team. So I don't know how many, you know, uh, how close he was to a lot of the players and what kind of contact he had with them. Right, or how many people but, in that front office, right? At, you know, might have contracted or, yeah. you know, who knows. I don't. I don't remember hearing anything about if he's vaccinated or not. Right. Really, I mean, just get vaccinated, people. Whatever. <laughs> I don't think it's that complicated, but whatever. Uh, but I mean, I hope he's all right. Uh, I haven't heard anything too bad right now, other than no. that he tested positive. That that could just mean asymptomatic. I haven't heard any details sure. whether or not. Yeah, you know. So I, I that was the first thing I heard after our, our podcast last week. Mm-hmm. It was like on Wednesday or Thursday. So that was the first note I made for this week. Yeah. And I haven't really heard anything the rest of the week how he's doing. Um, you know how severe his symptoms were, yeah. or whatever. So that's that's all I knew. But he did test positive last week. All right, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Not only is he going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but now oh, yeah. they're actually going to put him in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Yeah, and, and that makes sense too. I mean, if you're in the Hall of Fame, you're going to go on your team's Ring of Honor. You, right. you obviously have had a great career and all that. But yeah, so he's. Uh, I haven't seen the, a date for uh, his induction this year. Yeah, I'm not sure the time I had during one of the games, but. But look for Jimmy Johnson to be inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor this fall. Uh, the big news as far as uh, players and contracts was oh, boy. quarterback Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he and the Bills have come to an agreement on a six-year contract extension, which is going to take, take him through 2028. And the contract is worth $258 million, with... $150 million of that being guaranteed, and that guaranteed money, I believe, is the most in NFL history. Yeah, this is uh, this is a big deal. Like, I think Josh <laughs> Allen was good. He, he had a great season last season, and he showed promise, you know. Yep. Uh, maybe not his rookie year. You know, he looked okay. You know, people were like, oh, maybe he'll be good. Second year, definitely better. But last year, I believe last year was his third season, I want to say. I do not know. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, last year, obviously, breakout. He he was phenomenal. He got some weapons. Yep. And he looked like the reincarnation of Jim Kelly, pretty much. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm excited. A nice young quarterback. You know, every few years, everybody worries when one crop of quarterbacks looks like they're about ready to retire. And we got this whole young crop. We're like, oh, is the young crop going to be able to carry the league like yeah. the old guard? And, guys, we're going to be just fine in the NFL. Josh Allen is a talent. I like watching him. Uh, this is a big commitment. And, I mean, Kudos for him on making $258 million, uh, which, crazy stat alert. I did not even think about this or know about this, but I saw the stat saying this is almost as much for, so what is this? Will be for the six-year contract, that amount of money is about as much as Tom Brady made in 21 years in the NFL. Hmm. Tom Brady, I think, raked in like 261, $261 million in 21 years. Hmm. And Josh Allen will be essentially maybe getting 258 over six seasons hmm. is just bonkers to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, times changed. Uh, a lot of the guys years ago weren't making nearly the money they're making True, that, now. That and Tom Brady would always take a discount. I mean, yeah. he, he was he was always real, willing to help the team and like, hey, I'll take a bit of a pay cut if it means putting the best team on the field. Sure. And he's got seven Super Bowls. Well, yeah. let's see, six with New England to show no, for that. So. He's not hurting for money. So yeah, it's, well, it's, no, I don't I mean, think he's – His he, wife's he's the got, real breadwinner, we can he'd say. He'd rather have the seven Super Bowl rings than would to be, you know, have the most amount of money uh, made in the league. I mean, right now he could have both. <laughs> he'll, he'll make it up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Hall of Fame inductions. Hey, yeah. What a, uh, what a great weekend for the Hall of Fame. The – 
they might want to think about doing this uh, more often because or putting in two classes at yeah, once. Yeah, two classes in, in the same. Year. I don't know if I'd want to make a whole class because, wait another year on purpose. Because the the class of twenty twenty one was only what uh, eight seven guys seven eight guys and and the other class of course they they did uh, several they it was it was a total of twenty guys in the twenty twenty class the centennial class so several of them were inducted earlier this year like. Um, uh, Alex Karras, you know, the, the ones that, that had passed away, they had a special ceremony for them. So that was, what, about five or six, seven guys? Yeah, something then. like that. So the rest of them were all inducted this past weekend. Uh, you had coaches like Jimmy Johnson and... Um, Bill Cower. Bill Cower. Uh, you know, a lot of other players and coaches and whatnot. Uh, executives. So that was kind of fun to see all that. And then on Saturday night, that that's what we were waiting for because Calvin... Well, Sunday Jones, night we watched. I'm sorry, Sunday night yeah. was the class of 2021. And uh, we we wanted to see Peyton Manning and, uh, and Calvin, Calvin Johnson, and, yeah. and both of their speeches I thought were pretty good. But yeah. I think Peyton, to me Peyton Manning had the best speech. He was uh, he was funny. Kinda... He was very Peyton esque. Uh, it started out really funny. He had all kinds of jokes and one liners, and then towards the end he got very serious. And uh, um, but yeah, he started out with all of his jokes. He got them all out of the way up front. And I thought that was that was really good. Yeah, I think Peyton. You know, Peyton obviously was the one we figured would be that he I mean he's been on tv everywhere great yep. personality yep. does a lot of public speaking anyway not that any of these other guys don't do that uh but it was just we kind of figured peyton would bring it and he did so i think i don't want to sit here and rank all the speeches but i mean his was great uh and depending on which guy you, you watched or at least were a fan of that team like if you're a raiders or packers fan i'm sure um charles woodson's speech was yep. awesome and it was awesome i liked it a yeah. lot he and he you pointed out he had no, no notes he just yeah. came up talked about his mama yep. sang to his mama yeah. and <laughs> i thought he had a pretty darn good speech yeah. uh calvin uh, obviously being lions fans will be pretty biased about that i thought sure. his speech was really good i mean he obviously showed how much he cared for the fans it was very obvious he was not thanking the organization, right, which is yeah. an ongoing and thing. Which, we knew going into yeah. his speech he was not going to thank the Lions because he and the organization. The organization. He thanked yes, teammates the and the fans. They're, they're still kind of at odds yeah. over some money. That, which uh, is ridiculous. And we can go, vent about return, that a different day. But regardless, I thought it was a great speech. Every guy kind of had a, a unique message yes. of their own, which I appreciated. Like Calvin's was all about uh, – the wellness of, of players, you know, playing and when you're not playing. Because that, that's what he went through. Yeah, because that's what he went through. And some stuff, you know, we've all heard about. Some stuff you might not have known about. Uh, for a minute, we thought he was actually going to break into a, a commercial for his weed business. <laughs> but was, yeah. but he, I thought he did it uh, really elegantly and just really professionally. He, like, brought it up, but he didn't just flat out say weed. He's right. like, look, there's stuff out there that better than opioids. You know, I'm paraphrasing. And I thought it was poignant. I, I, loved, I loved his speech. But one that really stuck out to me that I think if I were to rank him, it would probably be up. It's probably number two for me is uh, Tom Flores, mm. the the old Raiders coach mm. and, and quarterback. He, I loved his speech. Nine, what was, how old was he coming up there? He was like 80-something. I forget. He's he's up there, though. He was up there. But, man, like they he brought him out in a wheelchair. brought him out in a wheelchair. And I was like, <laughs> how's this going to work out? Is he going to just sit at the front of the stage with a microphone sitting in the wheelchair, which is fine by me. Sure. But he stood up, he had his cane, he yep. took the thing off of his bus with uh, Mark Davis, the yep. owner of the Raiders, yep. and he stood up there at that podium for a good 10 minutes and yep. gave a heck of a speech. He yeah. was funny, he was heartfelt, I think he hit all the notes, and 
I thought that was a great speech. Mm-hmm. I thought that was top two, or probably right below Peyton's. It was probably my second favorite. Yeah, if he, I had to rank the speeches. And he said that he he was old school and he he had his notes. Oh, he did. They were probably handwritten because it looked like you know like notebook paper. Maybe. Uh, that like he had it, everything all written out or, or whatever. Maybe. Uh, but he said, "I'm not going to use a teleprompter." A C- couple of times, the, the papers looked like they're about to fly off the yeah. podium. He caught. I was like, "Those are some good reflexes, Mister Flores." Now, were you, you really even familiar caught? with Tom Flores before yeah, this? Yeah. The. I probably couldn't have told you who he coached for. Like, the name sounded familiar, and his face was very familiar. I probably could have said, oh, uh, I think he might have coached the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know he was a quarterback before that. Uh, makes some sense. And that he was the guy who followed up Tom uh, Tom Madden, John Madden, <laughs> and he won two Super Bowls yeah. with the Raiders in two different cities. Yeah. Like, that's, what, that's crazy to me. Like, this guy should have been in the Hall of Fame a long yeah. time ago. And he did a TV commercial just did recently. He? I forget oh. what it was for. But, uh, oh, it was probably a beer commercial because for years people were saying put Tom Flores in the hall. Mm. And maybe that was one where I was like, who is this guy? Yeah, he was like sitting in a, in a lounge chair, chair by a yeah, pool yeah. or something. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got quite a personality. He's great. It, was, I, it like, was great to see like him. Like I said, probably my second favorite behind Peyton's speech. <laughs> and that's even going above Calvin, who obviously I, I loved Calvin's speech. But there was yeah. just something about Tom's, Tom Flores' speech that just I, I appreciate it. And I know that sounds weird because like having never grown up watching him, this is the whole point of this Hall of Fame weekend for people of my generation and the kids younger than me. So I'm 32 there's going to be kids younger than me who definitely have no clue, unless you're a Raiders fan and are, right. you know, no Raiders history right. or, or lore, that wouldn't know who this guy was. Mm-hmm. I barely knew who the guy was, and I was riveted by his speech. And a lot of these guys who I, I pro- probably never watched play to well, see their speeches was great. It's it's one thing to, to see a man get wheeled out in a wheelchair, and you think, oh, my God, here's this frail old man. You know, how, how is he going to make a speech? And then to see him uh, stand up, I think he had a cane for a moment, but once he stood mm-hmm. at the podium, he just hung onto the podium and didn't have his cane with him. And and to give a to me a powerful speech oh, yeah. for a, for an eighty something year old guy, uh, it was great to listen to, and yeah. it was great to see that there's still a lot of life in that guy uh, and his passion for the game and the players that played for him yeah. and all that. So yeah, that was that that's that speech is right up there for me too. Yeah. Uh, anything else from the weekend stood out to you? Because the one thing, the other thing that stood out to me was all the great hair that was done on the bus <laughs> i mean let's admit it i mean between edger and james's which was awesome uh then uh, the the first guy who the cowboys receiver who went in um mike not mike Patton, is it um who's number 88 come drew, on drew pearson drew pearson thank you good <laughs> lord drew pearson's awesome afro on his <laughs> Uh, bus, and then you had Tom Flores's yeah, awesome he, hair on his yeah, bus. He's, he's had that Troy, pomp- pompadour or whatever you call yeah. it. Then, of course, the, the best one is Troy Palomalu's Never bus seen on Saturday. Like that. That, that was, was great. so awesome. <laughs> and he actually he turned it around turned so everybody around. could see it. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was pretty good. That and if you if highlight. you guys haven't seen that, go look for that video. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's great. It, it was all over <laughs> you know Twitter, Instagram. You can go onto YouTube, I'm sure, and find it. Mm. Um, just some fantastic stuff, and I saw. I didn't get to watch the stuff on Saturday. I was out and about, but I saw the highlights of a lot of the guys' speeches. And Jimmy Johnson, great. Bill Cower, great. Edgerin James's was phenomenal. Had one of the best lines of a speech at the very end, where he's like, "I came into the league with gold teeth, yep. and I walked out with a gold jacket." Yep. Again, paraphrasing. Gold teeth ended with a gold jacket. And, and awesome. I think at one point he even like opened the inside of his jacket, and each jacket's got the number of what induction right. they were, and he was like. You know, people thought I'd go to prison or, you know, I was just perceived to be that, you know, type of guy. But here I am, and I'm a proud inmate of... Uh, inmate the, number three's 
326. Yeah. Uh, of the Canton pro-, pro Football Correctional Facility, yeah. or however he said it. That, I just thought that was a great yeah, speech. That was, that was, yeah, that was really so, good, too. So, yeah. yeah, heck of a Hall of Fame weekend. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's all I got. It's going to be tough to beat this particular weekend. Hey, it, it, with so many speeches. And especially, yeah, with two classes going in in yeah. a weekend. That is going to be really hard to top. Yeah. And the, the fact that they had the shortened speeches... Yeah, only six minutes. A, a well, person. they say six. Or Peyton said six. They were all about ten minutes. I, I wonder if they gave him ten minutes, but Peyton just know. said six. I don't. Whatever. Know. It worked. I like. I, we've watched speeches in the past, and guys yeah. tend to drone on. And yes. I think that's the drawback. It's like, look, I love that. Like, uh, Kurt Warner got to go up and speak. I forget how long his speech was. Fifteen, maybe twenty minutes. I don't remember. But I do think you got to rein these guys in, and I think that's the way they got to do it from now on. Um, so, like Peyton was joking, like in a few years, you know, all Tom Brady's going to be able to do is post a congratulate or a, like a thank you on Instagram. Yeah, and that's it. That's all the time they're going to give him. Which I thought was great. Yeah, Peyton, that his was number one. <laughs> but but yeah, I think in the future for the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction speeches and stuff, I you got to give them that time limit. I think there, there's a lot more that they could say, but shoot, they got so many media platforms right. for them to get the rest of their message out. I'd say give them. Just that nice ten minute speech window. Get in, get out, move everything along, and I think more people will watch. I'd probably watch it knowing they're on a time limit, and and I'm not gonna be sitting there like, this guy is just dragging on about one day at preschool yeah. in 1940 whatever. Like, <laughs> why do I want to sit here? And he's the guy speaking just before the guy you really want to listen right. to. I'm like, hurry up and get off the stage so but, I can hear the one I'm here for. <laughs> but like, I don't think there's any like, especially these hall of famers. I don't think there's a bad speech that can be given. There's just, depending on what team you follow or whether or not you watch that player, right. I mean, that's going to hit you differently. So, like, I think Pearson's was energetic, but, I mean, in comparison to, like, uh, everybody else's speeches, I mean, you just go, well, yeah, I I barely talked about Pearson's speech because I, all these other ones were just so memorable. It's, and it was a big class. It was a tough class to yeah. contend with because John Lynch's was great. Yeah. Uh, so was... Um, Alan Fanica's speech. Uh, he he had a great voice speeches. too. There were no bad speeches. There's no bad speech. I'm just saying, like, but some of them, you know, like I said, we didn't bring up Pearson's speech till just now. But there's just so <laughs> there was just so much goodness and so many other speeches that, you know, I won't say they got overshadowed, but it, you know, hard to bring up everybody yeah. when certain ones are the ones that stick out. But yeah, there's no bad speeches at the Pro Football of Fame. And one of these days, I would love to be there for a future lion, but. Which line is that going to be at this point? Calvin was the last great line we had. Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm still uh, stumping Staff- for uh, Stafford, Chris, Chris Spielman. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about that. Spielman, Herman Moore. Stafford probably will be in someday. But, Maybe but, I don't, we'll see how he does in L.A. Me, if, Chris it, Spielman and uh, Jason Hansen. Oh yeah, Jason uh, to Hansen me are are two that that. Maybe uh, what about Robert Porsche? And Herman Moore. Well, I already said Herman Moore. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't Herman Moore. Yeah, of course, Herman Moore. But yeah, Robert Porsche. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Maybe Matt Prater someday, you know, played with the Lions a little bit. Maybe he'll go in, kick the longest field goal in NFL history. Yeah. Played with Detroit for several years. Yeah. Most fifty-yard field goals in a career, right? Or with the Lions? Uh, yeah, I think one of those stats. Yeah, he, I think. He so we had a few, but I mean, Stafford's got to win some playoff games and maybe win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And then we can we can go. Hey, we have another Lion in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, Otherwise, he was, he was a Lion for nine years. He was only with the Rams no, he was, a couple. Well, he was with the Lions for twelve years. Oh, twelve. Well, Calvin was I there thought, for nine. Okay, Stafford twelve years. I know the Lions took twelve years of his life. Ugh. Yeah, sorry, Matt. <sighs> we love you though. That's a whole other subject. You. I don't want to get into right All now. All right, what's next? All right, uh, Bet MGM and the Arizona Cardinals have entered into a partnership, uh, and 
they're going to be the first team in the NFL to actually have a sports book in their stadium. Mm. I don't know if I like this or not. Well, I you mean, don't gamble, so it matter to you. I know it's coming. That's the way, uh, the way of the future, I guess. But uh, they're the first ones. So eventually, probably every team in the NFL is going to have a sports book in their stadium where people can, you know, you go, you go buy a beer and then you move right, right over and you uh, put the rest of the money you've got in your pocket on and, on prop bets for the See, game gonna, or something. I'm going to have to ask my old roommate, because uh, he lives out there in Arizona, he's actually going to go to a Cardinals game this upcoming season. I'm going to have to ask him to check out this sports book. Tell him not to spend his money. Yeah. Be responsible. Don't spend <laughs> your money. Send me a picture of it. But I, at least kind of, I'm curious. I'm sure there'll be pictures of what the sports book looks like. I'm just going to be curious about, like, is it just like a random booth you walk up to, or is it just a kiosk that you go up? And, is, you know, is anybody actually using it during the game because everybody's doing it on their phone? Right, yeah, that's the other thing. Because like I've used FanDuel for some NBA games just to try it out, and I'm not going to say how much I won, which was a lot. But uh, <laughs> you were lucky. You were <laughs> lucky to not lose your butt. That's on very those true. Bets that I, yeah, but I stopped. Like after I, I was done with that money. It, you know, I haven't gone back to the app. Maybe I'll do some <laughs> regular season games and put my money where my mouth is when we do our picks this season. But, uh. but no, I'm very curious uh, about this. And when that alert came in, you know, yesterday when we were kind of sitting down talking about the show today, th- this popped up, and I, poof, this is a big deal. And this yeah. could be the first domino in more teams announcing partnerships like this. Yeah. All right, and uh, finally in NFL news, for the 15th consecutive year, the Dallas Cowboys are rated as the most valuable franchise in the league, according to Forbes magazine. They put this list out every year. Right. Um, we talk about this list yeah. every year. And and the largest one-year increase in value uh, was for Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who increased by 20%. Now, yeah, when, every, I heard, when I heard that, sorry to interrupt you, but when I heard that and they said increase, I was expecting them to be jumped up into like the top 10, top 5. Yeah. But they're what? They're sitting at 21. Yeah, uh, 21, yeah. So I was like, whoa, that's that's still pretty but by, low. by percentage of, of what their value is, their value went up by 29% right. because they won a Super Bowl. But let's let's get into the list a little bit here. We're not going to read everyone, but of course, the let's, Dallas let's Cowboys. Let's give the top five. The Dallas Cowboys are number one, and they are valued at $6.5 billion mm-hmm. with a one-year increase of 14%. Now, every team in the league increased their value uh, over last year and there were no fans in the stands last year this was during a pandemic now i've been saying for years that the nfl can play to empty stadiums which they essentially did last year and they are still making money hand over fist and so this just proves that i've been right all these years that the nfl makes all their money from tv contracts sponsorships and all this other stuff that Having a person, you know, a, a stadium full of people that have paid, you know, anywhere from fifty to a couple hundred to you know a couple thousand dollars to be in the game means nothing, nothing to their bottom line. Those packed stadiums of sixty thousand, eighty thousand people, whatever, means nothing. They don't care. You know, if it's you want to come to a game, fine. If you don't, stay home. We're still going to make more money, and we're going to wipe our butt with the leftover singles. That's that's all there is to oh, it. I didn't think this was going to get you riled up quite like yeah, this. It does. Good lord! Anyways, so anyway, at number two is the New England Patriots. Not surprised with a value of five billion dollars. The New York that, Giants. That's a, hold on, that's nuts to me. That the difference between number one and number two is still one point five. Yeah. Billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it. The Cowboys are a brand. They're all over the place. Yeah. And, but man, and they haven't won a uh, Super Bowl in twenty years. Can't even remember so, the last time they won a playoff game. So yeah. So they're. I mean. They're just a, a, an entity that people love. They love the Cowboy team, the, the helmet, the logo, and all that. The fact that they're America's team. Uh, 
that's what they like about them. They don't obviously don't like them because they're winners because they haven't been in a long time, <laughs> and uh, in my mind, not in the foreseeable future. But uh, that's beside the point. So yeah, Dallas Cowboys six point five, New England Patriots five billion dollars. Uh, they also increased by fourteen percent. New York Giants four point eight five billion dollars, and they increased thirteen percent from last year. The Los Angeles Rams four point eight million dollars with a one billion. year. Don't forget that B. That, we're still that very hard, there. lower case or okay. uppercase B. 4.8 billion for the Rams with an increase of 20% from last year. That's probably due to their new stadium. Probably. I mean, shoot, what a gorgeous stadium. And at number five. And the fact that they got Matthew Stafford. That probably added some value. Well, there you it. go. That's the that's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're at the top of the list now and we're at the bottom. Oh. But anyway. Is that how that works? <laughs> uh, let's see. Los Angeles Rams, $4.8 billion. Washington football team, number five on they this list. They don't even have a name. In the- <laughs> yeah, at $4.2 billion with, again, a 20% increase. I wonder if that has, I mean, we joke, but I wonder if that does have something to do with doing away with the Redskins name. Doing away with name. I don't know. Uh, could, could it have been the fact that their quarterback last year came back from an injury and, and uh, Alex Smith was, I, was the, the highlight of the season, I whether, don't know. whether they did well or not? You know, I don't was, know. He was the big story. That was a big story. Oh. But anyway, that's the top five. You can check out the, the entire list. We we pasted up, we posted a link uh, yeah. on our Facebook and Twitter. So page. then let me talk about the bottom five. So we'll okay. start at number twenty-eight. The Tennessee Titans. They had a great season last year. Derrick Henry, obviously, two thousand yard rusher. They had a fourteen percent increase. Uh, so good for them. Number twenty-nine. Oh, and their value is. $2.625 billion. Yep, still nothing to sneeze at. Come on. Now we're talking <laughs> still a couple billion more dollars than you or, or I have yeah. or ever will have yep. probably. Unless this show you know catches fire and, uh-huh. yeah, takes the internet by storm. Um, <laughs> number 29, the Cleveland Browns, uh, valued at $2.6 billion, an 11% increase from last year. Uh, and the Browns, another great season. They were in the yeah, playoffs. They, they only won a playoff game, which is awesome. Yep. Good for the Browns. Um, and then we get to number 30, um, uh, our beloved Detroit Lions. You know, <laughs> We're going to hang our hat on being number 30 in the most valuable <laughs> franchise. $2.4 billion. So a difference of $0.2 billion between us and the and the Browns. It's a meager $2.4 billion. Yeah, meager. Still a 14% increase. Um, like you said, across the board, everybody pretty much made right, more money. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, so the Lions at number 30, number 31, the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they got a lot of bright spots with Joe Burrow. And uh, Jamari Chase, I'm excited to see play wide receiver for them. They're valued at $2.275 billion, 14% increase. And finally, a team we were just talking about earlier who paid their quarterback yeah. uh, King's ransom, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, surprises me a little bit. You know, $2.27 billion, a one-year change of 11%. Uh, but, shoot, they just paid – that quarterback, that big yeah. money. So we'll see how that affects things coming next year. But, I mean, Bill's Mafia, the Bill's fans are great. Uh, a little crazy for me, but, <laughs> you know, good for them. And I'm excited about what the Bills do. And they were in the playoffs. So a few of those playoff teams right there in that bottom five, everybody except for the Detroit Lions, at, well, and the Bengals. So the Lions and Bengals, two out of those five teams there that didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, but, I'm looking over the list real quick, all 32 teams. The lowest amount that anybody increased was 10%. So everybody increased at least by double digits. A couple, couple of teams had 10%. Oh. Uh, I just saw one here. Who was it? Yeah, this is a great radio. Um, oh, the San Francisco 49ers at number six. They only increased 10% last year. Oh, okay. And there was one other one here. I can't remember who it was. But, yeah, 
everybody increased by double digit percentages last year. So, yeah, that is the that is the NFL for you. They, they can they can survive through a pandemic. The the threat of games being canceled and right. and players being told you can't play this week and none of your quarterbacks can play, so you got to start a a couple wide receivers or some college kids. Yeah, they still. Uh, everybody went up 10% and they're all worth billions of dollars. So the pandemic, obviously, financially anyway, didn't hurt them. All right. Okay, moving on to some college news. I saw this the other day and it, it just floored me uh, that currently in, in college football, there are 765 schools across the country that are offering football programs this year. Uh, that's from the FBS level, FCS, Division Two, Division Three, and the NAIA level. Uh, six new teams uh, are starting this season for the first time. In Division Two, you've got the Blue, Bluefield State College from West Virginia and Post College from Connecticut. In Division Three, you've got Keystone College from Pennsylvania. In the NAIA, you've got Judson University out of Illinois and, I love this one, Mount Marty College from South Dakota. And then finally, you've got Lincoln University out of Oakland, California, and they don't know what division they're going to be playing in yet. Mm. Uh, they haven't determined that, but uh, they are they are the, uh, what I say, it's the sixth team for this season. Uh, between 2015 and 2020, there were 27 schools that added football. And I know we've highlighted a few schools that have canceled their football programs right. over the last few years. The pandemic was a, a big part of it. But yeah, 27 schools have added football uh, between 2015 and 2020. And that doesn't even include, I mean, it does include another 125 junior college football teams for a total of 890 schools in the country. So if you want to watch college football, uh, you have no excuse. There's got to be one around you. Someplace. If it's a junior college or a NAIA school, you've got a college that's playing football somewhere new, near you. Go support these lower uh, lower division, I, want, I don't want to say lower level, but lower division schools because these kids... They're not going to be going to the NFL, uh, but they're playing the game because they love it, and you need to go out and support these kids. All right. Last week, you posted a poll while we were talking. Yes. And uh, what was the poll about again? So we were in a discussion just about preseason, and you just kind of offhanded mentioned that preseason was real football, and I said, no, it is not, hence why we do not cover it on this show. (laughs) But uh, a quick poll was thrown up during the show last week, uh, and the fans voted and decided – 80% 80% said, no, it is not real football, Randy. And 20% said, yes, Randy, we agree with you, Randy. Well, I, I voted for the uh, oh, we for, know you for did. The yes, so I was part of that 20%. Yeah, you might you might as well have been the I whole 20%. Wasn't the only 20%. So, yeah, so whatever. Our fun little poll last week, that's the results for those who didn't see it. But, uh, yeah, it's not real football. Come on. I've been to many preseason games. You know what I like about preseason games? I can go to a game. I can sit in the stadium, and my stomach isn't churning because Detroit is losing yet again. You know, for a preseason game, I don't care if they lose, and I can sit back and just enjoy the play on the field, Uh, the young guys trying to make the team and all that. You know what? That's. I'm not saying that's a bad reason. I mean, that's probably the only reason I'd go to a preseason (laughs) game. But you know what? You have been to a preseason game. I have, and I don't like it now. (laughs) I've had the taste. I'd, I'd rather games that matter. I'd rather go to a game and watch the Lions you'll rip my heart out at the end of the last four seconds, like what always happens, it seems like. Then go to a preseason game, sit there for three hours just to be like, this is some of the worst football I've ever seen. I know these guys are trying to make the team, but this is just some god-awful football right here. Maybe once or twice you get a guy who gets a breakout, like, that was a 65-yard catch. Well, yeah, because the defensive back didn't know uh, a hot route from from a slant pass and went the wrong direction, and the guy got open. So whatever, preseason 
I get it. It's, you know, for, for families who you know can't afford to maybe take their kids to a regular season game, though a lot of times those preseason tickets are exactly the same well, amount the as a regular season game. Amount. Well, it depends on what I've heard people get deals and they go to preseason games to take the whole family, whatever. <laughs> but you know, I I just would rather take the impact of a, a regular season game than a meaningless preseason game because you go in. Who, depending on which game you pick, do you even know if your starting quarterback's going to even get in there? That's true. If you're a little kid and you're like, I want to go see Johnny Manziel play starting <laughs> quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Well, you go in and Johnny Manziel's sitting on the bench the whole game. Aren't you a little disappointed? Because it's the last preseason game and they don't yeah. want anybody to get injured. Well, it depends. Or it's the first preseason game and they don't want to get them in too early. So who knows? Like, yeah. It's whatever. I'd rather give me the regular season game. <laughs> That's real football. Yeah, you and I saw the the L.A. Rams, or was it St. Louis at the time? They were St. Louis at the time. It was like a Monday night preseason yeah, the game. Yeah, Rams on a preseason game on Monday night. And all I, I can tell you. seats, too. We were like in the upper deck. like. How many preseason games can I tell you in detail, like what happened during the game? Not a lot. The few that we've gone to, one was a mon- only because it was a Monday night preseason game. I remember that and where we sat. That's about <laughs> it. The other time, saw the Cincinnati Bengals come to Detroit for a preseason game. Who would we see him? We went there to see Scott Mitchell, former Lions quarterback, mm. so we could boo him during a preseason <laughs> game. That's he, all I can I can't tell you. Did we win the game? Did we lose the game? I don't he, know. Did he play? I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he might have sat on the bench for all I know, and then well, uh, we booed him on the bench. Then I went to a game without you. I uh, went and saw the Pitt, uh, New England Patriots during a preseason game. All I can tell you is I went with some friends and we had a good time hanging out. Can't tell you if we won or <laughs> lost, uh, but that's about it. I can tell you I went to Hockey Town before to have dinner, and that's about it. <laughs> okay. okay. Regular season game, I can tell you what happened right, during right, that right. game. I get it. I get it. Settle down. Jeez. <laughs> Let's move on. Arena Football TV. On put that. YouTube. Hold on. Put that in the highlights for next season. No. <laughs> We'll get enough of that later on. Uh, let's see, Arena Football TV on YouTube. Yeah, one of our favorite channels. Their their site is currently uh, still... Their channel. Uh, yeah, their channel. Uh, over 900 subscribers, and they're looking to get 1,000. So yeah, let's help, help them, them out, guys. Help them out by clicking subscribe for them. Get them up to 1,000. They're doing great work over yeah, there. Yeah, you might... I mean, if you were a fan of the league, you might not watch every one of the videos because it's like, oh, that game or these teams, I don't remember. Sure. But, hey, at some point, you're going to see a video of a team that you were rooting for, a team you saw, maybe shoot even a game you were at. Yeah. Like us in Arena Bowl 15. Yep. They're doing the Lord's work over there at Arena <laughs> Football TV. So but, go check them out. It's good stuff. And this week, I mean, they posted a couple of great videos I know yes. we're about to talk about. The first one being that Buffalo Destroyers, like, uh, announcement of the franchise. It was like a local yes. TV thing. Yep. And they were just talking about the new franchise, unveiling the logo in this party. It was a half-hour special. Yeah. Who for does that? TV. Yeah. For Arena Football. <laughs> It was great. It was, it was cool to see that. we, You and I watched a little bit of that together the other day. And, uh, yeah, I just think that's incredible. And I, you have a nice Buffalo Destroyers mini helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought that was one of the coolest logos uh, in the Arena League before they changed it to a logo that is still pretty cool. But, you know, that was pretty good. And then the other thing, uh, unless you want to keep talking about that, no. the, the game they posted this week, which has got some several ties to us here in Michigan especially, our Grand Rapids Rampage. But the game was between the Milwaukee Mustangs and the Texas Terror in 1997. The quarterback for Texas? Why, our favorite arena football quarterback, probably my one of my top five quarterbacks of all time, <laughs> Clint Dolezal, over there slinging the rock down there, the Texas uh, Terror himself. And then uh, 
who was Texas's offensive coordinator, uh, coordinator? Why Steve Tunn, who would eventually become the Grand Rapids Rampage head coach for a in season in 1998, yes. led them almost to an Arena Bowl. Yep. And then he went on to coach the Cleveland Gladiators to an Arena Bowl. So well, yeah, they, they, lost, they didn't win, but, but he but led yeah, them to were, an Arena Bowl. They, they had an incredible the season that year. I think yeah. they only lost one game and one or two games. Oh, I forget. Man. And then season. who else? Uh, Michael Trigg was the head coach of. Was he the head coach of Milwaukee? Yes. Yeah, so former Grand Rapids Rampage head coach who did win an Arena Bowl title. He teamed up with Clinton Dozell, so they were coach and quarterback uh, in 2001. Shoot. So so many connections for uh, Rampage fans. And and to think that that game was, yeah, that game was four years prior to that Arena Bowl championship they would eventually win in Grand Rapids. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Steve Tun wasn't a part of that iteration. Right. But, you know, he'd come on down the line later on. But still, what a cool cool thing to find all these cool connections yeah and i didn't realize that all that until i started actually watching the game yeah and within they the mentioned first, these they mentioned all these names like yep, right off right the off bat, the bat. <laughs> oh here's steve tun and here's clint dozell and michael trail i'm like holy mackerel it's like a grand grand rapids rampage who's who out there in Pretty this much. game so that was that was awesome that was a lot of fun <laughs> all right we do have one obituary to talk about this week and that is bobby bowden the legendary college football coach he has passed away at the age of 91 he was a head coach in college for 47 seasons. Uh, he was uh, first started out as a head coach at Southern or South Georgia Junior College from 1956 to 1958. People don't talk about that very much. He then became the head coach at FCF, FCS Howard College, which was his alma mater. Uh, today it's known as Samford University, and he led that school from 1959 to 1962. He was also the head coach at West Virginia from 1970 to 1974 before taking the job that he's best known for, head coach at Florida State uh, in 1976. Bowden led FSU for 34 seasons from 76 to 2009. FSU went to 28 consecutive bowl games between 1982 and 2009. He won 11 consecutive bowl games between uh, 1985 and 1995. He was named National Coach of the Year six times. Bowden was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2006. This man's career goes beyond what little I can put on this page here to talk about his life. Uh, For those fans who followed him, they know uh, he was so much more than just what I read here. Yeah. Uh, But uh, just a great guy. And it was only like a week ago that he made an announcement that he had uh, some terminal disease. We talked about him last week, I think, and said get better soon. Yes, and I believe it was a pancreatic cancer Mm. that that he passed away from. So uh, Bobby Bowden, uh, at the age of 91, uh, passed away uh, August 8th last week. So condolences to the family. Yes. Condolences. Okay, we also do have we got a couple uh, birthdays. Couple, well, one birthday and one sort of anniversary. Yeah, might as well be a birthday for August tenth. Defensive back Speedy Duncan turned seventy nine today. He played his college football at Jackson State. Uh, he played eleven seasons in the NFL. Uh, he was with the San Diego Chargers from nineteen sixty four to nineteen seventy. Technically, uh, uh, until nineteen sixty nine, they were AFL. But uh, and then he played for the Washington Redskins from nineteen seventy one to nineteen seventy four. So happy birthday to defensive back Speedy Duncan. And the anniversary that we were talking about is uh, Arena Cup 1 back in 2000 played on August 10th. That was the AF2 title game, and the AF2 was the developmental league of the Arena Football League. They had uh, teams in smaller cities, but they played the exact same game. Right. A lot of players got their start in the AF2, and then they moved up. A lot of coaches, so, a, lot, a lot of people. Yep. And this league, I mean, the AF2 was big. Like, yeah. A lot of teams, 20, almost 
almost got to 30 teams I at think one point. so, yeah, 29, 30 teams eventually, whereas the AFL itself only had 19 at, at most. Right. But uh, in that very first uh, Arena Cup game, it was the Quad City Steamwheelers over the Tennessee Valley Vipers, 68-59. to 59. That game was televised on TNN I nationally. Believe you might be able to find that on? I think so, yes. Arena I think Football you TV. Eli Gold was the play-by-play the, uh, oh, play man. Loved Eli Gold. One of our Gold. favorite commentators, yeah. Yeah, he, he was a, a real uh, asset to the Arena Football League and, and yep. Arena Football too. So, uh, yep, uh, Arena Cup won on this date in 2000. Yeah. Okay, uh, you were kind of glancing at your phone here and there. Don't, don't worry. There's any... don't worry. There's no real breaking news okay. right now. Okay. I'm just looking. Uh, I get you know, updates and stuff. All right. Well, then let's let's go into our semi history lesson yeah. this week. We thought we would just uh, take a break from the history lesson and just kind of look back at our history. Yeah, because it's our fourth year. fourth anniversary. Yes. Who would have thought that this little old podcast would have lasted <laughs> this long? That we wouldn't have gotten sick of each other. And I believe every year around this time, I say my resolution for the next year is to at least miss one show. Yeah. And I haven't made that promise yet. I keep showing up. Nothing's <laughs> happened where I've missed a show yet. Thank goodness, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's... I it's think this been... podcast would burn to the ground without me at this point. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> okay, well, we, we've got several highlights we want to play from the past year. Yeah, set them up, and maybe at the end we'll talk about them. Okay. Uh, the first one uh, is uh, from episode 158, which was August 18th of last year. Uh, that was... the about that time when Hard Knocks was premiering, mm-hmm. just like Hard Knocks is premiering tonight. tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, Hard Knocks premiered last year at this time, and that was the episode where they had uh, both the L.A. Chargers and the L.A. Rams yep. on the same show, and they kept bouncing back and forth between the two um, uh, camps, you know, talking to players and coaches and whatnot. And uh, you, you didn't see much of that particular show, well, but yet you time. felt like you had to expound forever, and it just kind of upset me a little bit. So anyway, this is this is our Hard Knocks clip from last year. Okay, and speaking of the NFL, uh, HBO's Hard Knocks uh, premiered on HBO last... Um, last Tuesday, there's another Tuesday, one tonight. Yeah, after, after we recorded our podcast, yeah. and uh, I watched it a day or so later. later. Um, the thing that got me is uh, the, the whole episode was kind of boring. Okay, so I only watched... And right before we went on, I watched the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I did. I, it was bad. I didn't do my homework, but I'm going to finish it, and I will uh-huh. watch the second episode before next week. Yeah, well, the next one's coming out tonight. Well, tonight. That's what I'm saying. Before yeah. next week, I'll watch the second episode. And I liked the opening. I thought the first 10 minutes were fine. I'm I'm intrigued because I, I think I am more into, like, what are these teams doing? It to, was, yes. To, to And you've seen the rest of it, so you'll be able to fill me in. So what I've liked after 10 minutes was – the, the Zoom call at the beginning, and I really like the head coach for the Chargers. I like his demeanor, and you got to see a little bit of his story. He started talking about how he met his wife and everything. So I like that they're making it a little more personal, and I think this this whole season will be different, just not in the fact that we got two teams we're focusing on, but also the fact that I think it will be a little more personal. Sure, we're going to get the, the how they're social distancing and how they're running you know the behind the scenes aspects to this weird season we're about to have this very uh long shot of a season mm-hmm. and i think we're going to get more personal stories and i and i think that's what some fans like especially if you're a fan of the chargers or rams th- this should be gravitating to you like i would be sitting there on the edge of my couch listening to sean mcveigh speak i'd be on the edge of my couch listening to and i forget his name that the head coach of the chargers who i'm just 
when he was speaking, I was listening. I was like, whoa, dude. Like, I would go into battle for this dude. He's, mm-hmm. he's chill. He, he definitely gets along with his players. And, you know, and I'm anxious to see when they get to the stadium because I assume that's part of the first episode, too. So no. after, they don't get to the no, stadium? You, listen, you've been spewing for 20 minutes now on 10 minutes of a show that you watched. I've seen the whole thing. Shut up and let me talk about it here for a minute. Wow. All right. So it's, like I said, it was kind Add of. Add to the clip for the, the end of the year. <laughs> the, all right, this next clip is, uh, we're calling it Picture in Picture. And this is from episode 162, which was on September 16th of last year. We had just discovered that we could watch two games at one time on our TV. And we were so excited. We didn't know we had this capability. And it was something new to us. And boy, were we excited when we actually got to watch a couple games at the same time. So this is our clip uh, entitled Picture in Picture. Some other scores. Number 14, Texas defeated uh, UTEP 59-3. to Oof. Number 18, North Carolina over Syracuse 31-6. to uh, Louisiana upset number 23, Iowa State 31-14. to Now, this was one we had. We, we, had, we just figured out that your TV does split screen. So, yes. so we had magically figured out that, oh, my God, we could watch two. You're telling me. <laughs> Like the moment you told me that your TV had this feature, I looked at you and I said, "So you're telling me we could literally watch we just, two football games? We just at one time. upgraded. It's not so much our TV, but it's our satellite. Your satellite, system. yeah, yeah, yeah. We just upgraded our equipment uh, a month ago or so, and uh, this was the first opportunity. I knew there was a, a picture-in-picture option. And the fact gonna... that you hadn't said anything to me until just like Saturday. Well, I I played around with it a little Friday bit. Night. I couldn't quite figure it out on my own, and I didn't want to go to the manual. Because that's right, we used it Friday night during the University of Miami game because we were also watching NBA yeah. basketball. But then we finally figured out you could put two two equally sized screens side by side, uh, you know, and and you you know by hitting one button you could flip between the two of them. Uh, so you yeah you it took a while to figure out how to set one up on recall. Oh, but when we got it figured out, oh yeah, now, now it's it like was, <laughs> it was magic. <laughs> it was just magic, and so that's we were like so we were like awesome a couple now. of girls at a slumber party talking about the boys we <laughs> yeah. liked, but instead it was talking about oh my god we could watch CFL football at the same time as NFL football. So imagine me and Randy doing this while we're painting each other's nails and we got cotton between our toes. <laughs> And, Technically, uh, we could have three games uh, going. You could have because then you could have one on recall. Yeah, you'd have two on the screen, and one of the two you can you can recall a third game. Yeah. So you can go back and forth, you know. And if you see something, you know, that's on one uh, as opposed to the other that you like, uh, you can go. This right is what to we it. did because like we we were watching one game and like not a lot was happening, but then like you, you looked at the other screen real quick and like oh something's about like yeah, something's going on and then you, hurry, you flip over because just flipping the screens just changes the yeah. audio. I yeah. mean, the, the two games are still on there. You're just flipping their position on the screen, but then now the one on the left side is where you're getting your, your audio from exclusively. Right. So, oh, yeah, we were having fun dealing with that. And, uh, <laughs> and then it was weird when we turned the two games off and went to the straight-up Notre Dame game, and the TV was all filled again. We're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was so, so huge. Big. My God. <laughs> I can see the pores on Brian Kelly's face. Also, you might want to write down for your, your, your yearly podcast, hey, that was good. My, my slumber party analogy was oh, really yeah. good. You roll your eyes now, but you know you're going to save that. I will because you're telling me to. Slumber party. Yeah, let's see. We're about, uh, we'll say, uh, 33 minutes minutes in. Yeah, 33 minutes in. Yeah, thank you. Save that. This whole bit was gold. Oh, God. You're so welcome. We're like a couple of (laughs) schoolgirls. All right, now what do we got at uh, the number three spot? Well, uh, another one featuring you. Ooh. Uh, This is where... uh, I'm flattered. You, where you discovered, well, go back a little bit. We had talked about the first week of the F, 
FC Fan Controlled Football, the yeah, FCF. FCF. God, I'm, I'm terrible with these. So they just had their first week. Yeah. We watched them on what, what Twitch. It was on Twitch, yeah. Okay. And so we were talking about the, the whole presentation, how we watched it, how uh, how the games were, um, the rules of the game. We went through all that early on in the in the the show, and then at the very end of the show. You came up with some breaking news, yeah. and uh, this is what happened after that. This is episode 184 from February 16th, 2021. We have breaking news real quick. Oh, okay. I have just received an email from the Fan Controlled Football League oh, itself geez. asking me if I want to be a co-owner of the Glacier Boys with Quavo, Richard Sherman, and Destroying. I guess that's a rapper. Um, uh this is my chance, according to the email, to join Richard Sherman in the owner's box. That's right. I can be an equally real team owner and have real <laughs> equity. That's highlighted, by the way. The FCF made history in week one, and you've got a chance. You, they mean me. Uh, to, to get in on the action. But space is filling up quickly. The Beast's owner box is sold out. That's right. That was another story we didn't talk about. Completely funded. The Beast, whatever their like GoFundMe page kind of thing was. Completely funded. All those fans bought up all that money. I think there was like over $200,000 hmm. uh, to be part of that ownership group. And trust me, I looked into this earlier today. I was like, how much <laughs> would it be? Like a minimum $150, I think, to even get in on. To partial, be an owner of a team? To be a partial 150 owner. $150? bucks. I was like, hold on. I've dropped 150 bucks on <laughs> stupider stuff, I'm sure. Uh, I was like, even like. Even, I'm, I'm all choked up over this. I mean, you got Packers fans who have their Packer sure. stock or whatever, yep. but how often could you say you were an owner of a football team? And I've teeter-tottered on the idea of clicking submit. God. What do you think? I say no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, if we're going to watch games this weekend, I'm assuming... I better that, be an owner? <laughs> no, they're they're going to be on Saturday night again, I'm assuming. I don't know what their schedule is. But I think 8 o'clock if I'm going to watch another game this week, I want a Wendy's burger sitting in front of me. <laughs> fries and a frosty that is my stipulation for but, watching the game but according week. to this so i clicked on the uh become an owner thing and they so for example the glacier boys have raised 139 dollars uh that's 556 percent of their minimum goal that they've raised uh they have 282 investors uh and they <laughs> nerds have, with money <laughs> and they have 73 days left to invest now hold on now, you think about this i did here there's People, a lot of people are saving money because of the pandemic, and people normally would waste their money like on their basic stuff. But now people are wasting their money on crap on Amazon because they have nowhere else to spend their money. So why not invest <laughs> Save my money it for retirement? Invest my money in a professional football team. You're not going to get it back. I can put it on my resume that I own a professional football team. Are you telling <laughs> me that ain't going to help in the long run? <laughs> It's not going to make you any more money for co-hosting this show. Hold on. Other investors include Joe Montana, I mean, hmm. and co-founders of Reddit and Bleacher Report. Hmm. Come on, guys. Founders have led several venture-backed companies that exist uh, totaling $2.2 billion. Are you this gonna is get a to, for sure win. I'm being are, sold Are you right going to get to go to an owner's meeting somewhere in Florida or Arizona or uh, someplace I'll, else in the off-season? Yeah, it's called a Zoom meeting. <laughs> But I don't know. I've like I said, I saw this this morning, and I kind of teeter tottered. I was like, "It's only a hundred fifty bucks." Jeez, it's a minimum, like a minimum investment. Oh, it's, but there are deal terms. Uh oh, uh huh, uh huh. Valuation, deal breaker, price per security, <laughs> funding goal, deadline is May first. I got time, right? <laughs> oh, God. 
This next clip involves speculation on halftime shows. Now, this started out as a conversation of an episode of Peyton's Places, which is a great ESPN yeah, Plus you, show. You love this oh, show. Oh, I watched it. You didn't see them all, but wow. I watched every one of them. Love that show. And on this particular show, he was talking about the, the very first Super Bowl played at the Coliseum. And I believe Drew Pearson was on that show because he was there with his dad. He was a little kid, and he went went to, to the game and saw the first Super Bowl. And... Uh, they they started talking about um, in living colors because in living color singular singular well whatever but anyway they they got talking about um, uh, halftime shows and this and that and so this this was just our take on that this is from episode one eighty three from February 9th of twenty twenty one and uh, and then he also talked to Keenan Ivory Wayans about uh, their 1992 halftime show for In Living Colors. Now, I know you don't remember this. You were only a couple years old. But your mom and I actually watched this. They made a big deal in the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl saying, hey, the Super Bowl is coming up. We're going to do our own halftime show. So once the game goes to halftime, switch back over to Fox because it was on CBS or NBC or something. And said, you know, and watch our show, and we're going to have a countdown clock in the bottom of the screen so you'll know when to go back, tune it back into the game. And they had some great skits. They had the Homeboy Shopping Network where they were um, going through the locker room and, and find, you know selling stuff out of the players' lockers. Hmm. And uh, they had the, the Men on Football skit. Oh, gosh, it was so good. I remember watching that. And then you know when it was time to go back to the game, you went back to the game. But they talked about how boring and, and uh, just uh, it was the same thing every year for the halftime shows. They had Up With People or they had, you know, uh, Al Hurt was there for the very first one, I think. And after In Living Colors did their thing, the NFL got wise. And the very next year, Michael Jackson was the featured singer at halftime oh. of the Super Bowl. And then from then on, it's just exploded to, you know, Lady Gaga, The Weeknd, you know, all these, you know, Paul McCartney and, and Prince. So, I mean... They kind of take uh, uh, credit right. credit for the fact that maybe they had something to do with saying, "Hey, your halftime show is terrible. Do something better, you know, or we'll keep doing this." So it was really, really good. All right, and, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say right now, you've you've been advocating for Weird Al Yankovic to get to to, to play <laughs> a have. Super Bowl halftime show, which I'd be down with. But how about and hear hear me out here? We get rid of the music act for a year. All right, we've we've done that before. How about something a little different? It's gonna be in Los Angeles next year. You know what people like in Los Angeles and what they have no shortage of? Stand-up comedians slash, <laughs> slash improv comedians. So I say you get the cast of Whose Line Is It Anyway to go to the Super Bowl and just have them do a 20-minute bit <laughs> right there on stage. You can have Drew Carey come back and, and be like a guest. You could have Aisha Tyler out there being the host like she is right now. You get Colin Mockery. You get oh, Ryan good. Styles. You get all those guys out there. Or Wayne Brady. You get a little song. You get a little dance. You get some great skits. Everybody in the stadium is laughing because you know what? When the Lions are down 50 to nothing at halftime of Super Bowl 56, you know, we could use a good laugh. And, and all the skits could be based on something that happened with those teams during the season or whatever. Right, like what, what are some of the great bits of Whose Line does? You've been watching a lot of Whose Line lately, so they do like scenes from a hat. Mm -hmm. So how about a scene where Andy Reid comes to a buffet and he's the next person in line. And, scenes from a helmet. Or there you go, scene from a helmet. <laughs> Hi, I just wrote a great bit for your halftime show, Roger Goodell. Hire me. Uh, actually, I guess you would have to hire the Whose Line people, but I would yeah. just take a finder's fee. Pro Bowl Memories, episode yeah. 182 from February 2nd. 
this was a story that you told that yeah. I had never heard before. I'm surprised you've never heard this one. Well, you might have told me, but I've forgotten. So anyway, here it is. Here's Adam with his Pro Bowl memories. For me, as somebody who enjoys the Pro Bowl, I'm probably one of the few who does. Mm. Even though I'll acknowledge the game isn't the greatest game in the world. Players aren't actually hitting each other. Uh, Sometimes there's no defense, you know, whatever. I still have fun watching it. I love being able to see all these guys with all their different helmets being on the field at the same time. That's always been my favorite part about it. And And it's weird because on this day, February 2nd in particular, the day that my youngest brother was born, <laughs> um, I remember the Pro Bowl was – it was a Sunday. Uh, the Pro Bowl was on, and you were still in the hospital because hmm. uh, I kept sitting around. We had a babysitter. <clears throat> One of our aunts was babysitting. And I remember sitting around waiting for you to come home because I thought we were going to watch the Pro Bowl together. Screw the new member of the family <laughs> that you guys just had. I thought you were going to come home and we we're going to watch Barry Sanders in 97 in the Pro Bowl. And uh, – well, I don't think you ever did come home that night to watch it with me. I think right. I watched a little bit by myself before I was forced to go to bed. Uh-huh. So um, that's my memory of – that was like one of my first early memories of the Pro Bowl, and hmm. that always sticks out in my head because it's also related <laughs> to the younger brother who was born on this day. Yep, yep. Happy birthday, Abram. Uh, 24 today. So, uh, yeah, I I don't remember you telling me about that uh, memory. Was, this was way, 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 way. Well, of course, yeah. So I was, what, eight years old? Um, 97, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was about to turn eight years old. So, yeah. Uh, huh, interesting. Yeah. I, that, I, don't, I guess I never told you that, but I always remember that, sitting on your bed waiting for you to come home from the hospital because I, hmm. I was going to watch it in your room on the TV. And <laughs> you never came home. To, and if you did, it was later after I fell asleep. Interesting. Bitcoin is something I've never understood. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't you like still it. still don't get it. I, I don't. But anyway, this was a conversation we had about Bitcoin. This comes from episode 196 from May 11th, 2021. Let's see. The Kansas City Chiefs have cut tight end Sean Culkin, uh, who wanted his entire 2021 salary to be converted into Bitcoin. Now, that nobody's saying that's the reason that they cut him. I mean, it's just, I think it's just a coincidence that he got cut, but he did say that, you know, if, if he made the team, he was going to do that with his salary. He was going to put it all into Bitcoin. And, um, uh, who was that? Carolina tackled Russell Okung. Yep. Uh, he, he put half of his salary in what last year, I think, and made a ton of money. Yeah. We talked about that, how he jumped up from being like on the outskirts of the top, I forget what range it was, top 10 players, mm. paid players in the league for a season average or something. And it, yeah, and he jumped up. He, like, skyrocketed up, and he was, like, in the top yeah. tier of, or at least in terms of pay, being paid because that's how big of a difference that that half of his salary got right. uh, bloated up because of yeah. the Bitcoin. Well, for, I don't know much, much about Bitcoin, but I think at the time I said, well, this, you know, this worked out for him because, you know, the cost of Bitcoin could go up or down, just like the stock market. I mean, you put a bunch of money in the stock market, market you know it could go up it could go down it could stay the same you know you you never know what's going to happen it's it's a big gamble cryptocurrency right now is kind of that hot trend and i i think we said at the time i think a lot of players are going to start looking into this even regular people will probably start excuse me uh mcdonald's corporation can you put my (laughs) weekly salary into bitcoin then i'll be able to retire next week oh here's your weekly bit penny because that's (laughs) that's how much your your uh, mcdonald's salary is worth in bitcoin but it, yeah, it just, a bit nugget. <laughs> a bit nugget. Very good. There Very we good. go. Put that one on the list of Adam funny yeah. things. I, I may have to. What is this? Uh, about nineteen minutes into this one. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll make it. Yeah. Right. Make a note of that. <laughs> All right. The last three 
uh, they're all from, these are all from the same have. episode. All came from the same episode. Does this episode, make this the greatest episode of all time? It could be. Uh, this is from episode 187 on March 9th of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you folks may want to go listen to this entire episode because we pulled three clips just from one episode. Uh, the first one here is called Agony and Ecstasy. And it, we always have a problem. No, I always, you have I the always have a problem some, with transitions yeah go from one story to the next it's not a real smooth transition sometimes but i actually had a good one this time and you i do i give this i give this four and a half out of five stars that's (laughs) how good this one is the washington football team has released quarterback alex smith uh i think it's a real shame but i kind of understand where they're at uh but what do you think do you think another team will pick up alex smith oh it's tough uh i think if he feels like he can still play Go for it, Alex. But I think you've proven that, you know, you came back from the injury. You played. You looked good at at a couple of points. He was the story of the season, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he won Comeback Player of the Year. What he did was remarkable, and I I don't know if we'll ever really see a story quite like it. It's going to be rare if it is. But I understand from a football perspective, if you're Washington, you you just got rid of – your rookie quarterback from last year, your first round pick, you got rid of him. Now you got this veteran and you got some other younger quarterbacks you'd like to see or bring up and a 30 something year old, uh, I won't say bum legged, but you know, guy who's been banged up, literally just came back from an injury that almost killed him. Yeah. You can't build your franchise around him for the next 10 years. Unfortunately, uh, is even a viable stop gap. Maybe, but I think the smart play is to move on and start you got to start young and working them you know working well, them I say get another you but, know draft but, a quarterback and and let Alex Smith play in the But meantime. they got a couple of that Heineke guy looked good and you, can't, you there's only so many guys you can keep on your roster yeah. and with Alex Smith I mean like I said if he wants to still play I hope a team look at least gives him a legitimate look sure. like some of these teams that sure. don't have a quarterback or who get a rookie quarterback and say hey look eventually we're going to go to the rookie but Mr. Smith if you feel like you can do it Maybe we'll put you in a starter role, kind of like what Fitzgerald did or Fitzpatrick did down in Miami with uh, Tua. Tua. So we'll see. I I wish nothing but the best for that guy because heck of a story. And, I mean, that's going to be an all-timer. Yeah. Just in terms of comeback stories. Wait, I'm sure we'll see a movie about him. (laughs) Yeah, could be. All right, from the agony of getting released to the ecstasy, Dak Prescott, who will turn... The Hold right on. Old... How long did you work on that transition? Because uh, that was pretty good. I wrote it down while you were talking. Are you serious? Yeah. Let me see the notes. Let me see. Hold on. I'm looking at his notes from <laughs> Aoni to yeah. I can read a- my handwriting. To you, your handwriting is awful, yeah. by the way. Uh, but he did write something down that was yeah. sort of legible. Uh, Dak Prescott, who will turn the ripe old age of 28 in July. How to be young again. Signs a four-year, $160 million contract. With the Dallas Cowboys, with $123 million guaranteed. This next clip is about developmental leagues, and Adam came up with an idea on how he thought the NFL, and he's always said the NFL should have a development league. I think league. we both have. You wrote an article about it yep. uh, based on some stuff we talked about before, right. years ago yep. in the Coffin Corner. Uh, yep. plug, I pl- helped you plug that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, developmental league is something I do think the NFL, I cannot believe they haven't cracked and... You know, well, they had NFL with. Europe for so many years, but uh, you know that that well, went away, and they've never come up with anything else. But 
hey, we're just trying to help. Yeah. So here's here's my ideas, or some of my ideas. I got more, Mr. Goodell. Uh, and if you need the address for that check we talk about, just uh, send it over here. Obvious. Someday I would love to see the NFL finally sanction a developmental league of their own with the NFL shield on it and go to some of these cities that used to have NFL teams. Go back to your San Diego's. Go back to your Oakland's. Go back to your St. Louis. St. Louis's. Like, let's put some teams in places you know, that, that have a history with the have NFL. Have a history. Keep them in the family. Sure, they might not be the top-tier NFL teams, but you, know, you give them a nice developmental team. Uh, give them a new name, a new identity, and bring football back to these cities that loved football and that were there to support you. Like uh, lowercase NFL number two. Uh, like the AF2 from the I'm AFL. thinking uh, the NDL, the National <laughs> Developmental League. Hmm. Yeah. Or the uh, – I'm sure the – hold on. The NFL has got like the best marketing people <laughs> in the world. I'm sure they could figure something out. Just the NFL logo with a number two uh, written over it. You know, like in – NFL second class. No, NFL. They, they don't do anything second class. I already got it. It's going to be the Silver League. Silver League. Because the NFL is uh, the gold standard, so the oh. Silver League will be the next step down. Wow. Don't mar- don't send all the checks at once, there, Mr. <laughs> Goodell. I better mark this for the uh, year-end show. <laughs> Hold on, this whole show is I've given you nothing but gold. You might as well save everything I do. Uh huh. And finally, our last clip from last year. His favorite clip from last year. is called UFO Talk. And we we went off the rails on this one. We got so and Hold on, and you went off the rails putting this into the show because originally <laughs> everybody, and I want everybody to thank me, this clip would have been eight minutes long had I not stepped in and said, I think eight minutes, Randy, might be a little too long. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, I mean, so. this segment's already going on pretty long. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you cut it down. We I do think this is a good bit. And like you said, that episode, go back, listen to the whole crazy yep. conversation we get into because – we had to kind of stop at your UFO experience. We didn't even touch on my UFO experience. Yeah, I cut out experience. all your stuff because you're getting too much airtime this week. <laughs> that is true. But, but It's like this, I'm 50% of this podcast or something. This all started out with uh, Baker Mayfield and his wife yeah. saying that they think they saw a UFO, and we just kind of went off And it just spiraled out of that. control. So here's UFO talk, uh, the last episode from, uh, the last clip from episode 187, March 9th, 2021. All right, let's go to some NFL news. Uh, one of the big stories this week was J.J. Uh, Watt. Hold on, this is the story you're leading with? with well, when, what... <laughs> when the biggest story of the week is the fact that Baker Mayfield and his wife <laughs> saw a UFO. Why we didn't even mention that off the top, I don't know. This is headline news right here, everybody. Okay, we'll start with that one. Baker Mayfield and his wife say... They think they're almost 100% sure they saw a UFO recently. It was a it was a big bright white light that was just coming straight down to the yeah. ground uh, from the air. Um, and they they told the story on Instagram and and Twitter I, I think yeah, I saw Baker tweet it and yeah. right off the bat my favorite thing was one of the first big comments on his tweet was uh, somebody uh, with a picture of Colin Cowherd and a big quote like what he would say which is I don't like my franchise quarterbacks seeing UFOs. I'd rather see him in the weight room training up, studying right. the playbook. And essentially, that's what Colin Coward did in yeah. real life. And I wasn't sure at the time. I was like, I can't tell if Colin's doing this like kind of tongue-in-cheek or if he's kind of serious and just putting well, on a show. From what I've read, he's, he's always not been oh, a He's always dogged on Baker. Oh, yeah, he's always dogging ba- Baker Mayfield. But soon after Baker put out that tweet uh, and his, his wife uh, – Expounded a little more on Instagram, I guess. But Nate Burleson of Good Morning Football came out yeah. and talked about how he saw 
several UFOs at one time. And uh, he was talking, I saw a video, I think it was on Twitter, where he actually drew pictures of what, what the lights looked like, kind of like in a line formation or whatever. And then he had arrows pointing at first they started out here and then they went down oh, here. Oh, kind of like a football diagram. Then, then they moved over here and then they came all the way down here and then they shot off in this direction. And he was serious about you know what he saw, but he, right. he had diagrammed this whole thing out on a piece I of paper. I believe him. Well, I'd believe him too. Well, you hold on. You are the guy that sits and watches a UFO show, wondering I love how UFO how shows. do they turn the cows inside <laughs> out? I'm going to stick around for this half hour episode, and I want the answers by the end of it. Darn it! Uh, why are these cows being turned inside out? I and then, gosh darn it! Don't you know when they get to the end of the episode and they don't figure out how the cows got turned inside out? Dad's just like. Who knew? I didn't know I wasn't going to get the answers after a half hour of this alien show. Well, on to the next alien show where I'm sure we're going to get more unanswered questions. I, I love watching UFO shows. I've always been fascinated by the He's subject. He's also got a bunch of and books in this I, I've read several books on the subject. Uh, I've never personally seen a UFO. I've seen a couple. There, there was one night when I thought I saw a UFO, and it was really funny because I was... It just I turned like, out it was a smudge on his glasses. Well, no, I was a, I was a teenager, and... Uh, uh, my my mom and I were in uh, uh, South Bend, Indiana, and she wanted to run into the store. So I'm sitting out in the car all by myself, and so I'm in this you know grocery store parking lot, uh, looking around, and all of a sudden up in the sky I see like these swirling lights. It, it looked like they were rotating or whatever, and they just were slowly moving through the sky, and they kept getting closer and closer, like they were going to go right over our car. And I just kept looking at them, going, "What the hell is that?" And finally, when they got close enough, what it was was an airplane with a lighted sign underneath it. It was like a moving sign where they, they had, you know, like a uh, bunch of lights where they could spell things out, you know, like eat at Joe's or something like that mm -hmm. or something. I don't know what they were advertising, but until you, it got right up to me, I thought it was a UFO, but it obviously was not. But that's the one time that I think, I thought that I had seen a UFO, but I really haven't. But I do, I'm fascinated by all these shows. Clearly. And, uh, and the whole subject of UFOs. And Bigfoot. What they and... are. Yeah, I like Bigfoot too, the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. You name it. If, if, if you've got a mystery, I'm there. Okay, look, I know we're running pretty long today. Yeah, we I are. mean, it's a special, it's an anniversary it show. We, we expected that we would. But uh, I guess real quick, what of those is your favorite? I, I could probably already guess that the UFO talk is um, your favorite clip. I don't know. Uh, probably UFO talk or maybe the picture in picture. Picture in picture was pretty good. Uh, but there's a pattern with these. You can see in a lot of these, we knew that we had we had uh, audio gold at the time because you were saying, oh, mark that down. You know, the 30-minute mark, we want to remember this Cause, one. Because I know you, like, you like to, to I do. keep track, so I, I have to say it out loud. I make a list. I have a list with me every weekend. If we have something really good, I'll, I'll note the episode i'll note the time so that i can go back and find it because i pull all these out yeah. just yesterday uh for the past year i don't do it as we go along but uh, maybe you I, should I pulled, save some time. All, I pulled them all out and Probably have a lot of them. clips well, yeah but at least that way they're all fresh in my mind yeah because I mean, yeah there's some good stuff i think i'm partial to that hard knocks one because yeah i i guess i won't lie like i do most episodes <laughs> i pull a lot of that stuff out of my butt uh but i mean talking and talking i expanded talking. upon the good 10 minutes that i saw and i thought it was a good breakdown of the first 10 minutes of hard knocks all right shut I stand up. we by gotta that. we gotta move on uh, upcoming events uh tonight hbo's hard knocks featuring the dallas cowboys premieres yep hbo max get that subscription if you don't already have it uh i think on top of obviously already having it um myself it's a great service. I mean, everybody's got their Netflixes, and they're like, oh, do I want to pay for another streaming service? Guess what? It's one of the best streaming services out there. they got a bunch of quality stuff. I'm not just saying that. They're not paying me to say it. <laughs> if they were, I wouldn't be here right now. But, you know, it's a good 
solid service, a lot of good shows. But in the fact that now you'll get your hard knocks on there, I'm telling you for what I think they, I don't know if it's with ads or not, but they said starting at 10 bucks, which is a pretty decent deal. I think I pay. Well, I don't even think mine came with my phone. Some people might get lucky. Mine came with my phone. And don't they have a, like an NFL um, uh, review show or pre- preview show every week on HBO too? Uh, they that do, I don't and know. I if they do, I don't. I can't ever, tell you what the name of it is. I can't but. say that I've watched. I thought that was Showtime that does this no, week. I it was HBO. Of, I don't remember. Uh, maybe it is Showtime. Clearly, I don't spend as much time on the app that I really love. That I, you know, should. I just, I just like ESPN Plus because I can get my Canadian football games that aren't on TV, and I can get Peyton's places and probably Eli's and show. Right now, it. HBO Max just for um, doing. Uh, Hard knocks. knocks. But, hey, right now is a good time. I mean, as that movie that just came out, The Suicide Squad, which I love. Uh, yeah, I'm going to plug that real quick. We're running long here. I'd son. say go see it in theaters, <laughs> but if you can't, it's on HBO Max with your subscription. So go check it out. All right. In other upcoming events, this Saturday night, August 14th, the National Arena League Championship game, Columbus Lions at the Albany Empire. You can watch that game live uh, streaming on YouTube. They have their yeah. own uh, National Arena League channel on YouTube, so you can check that out live this Saturday night. Uh, August 28th, week zero in college football. And right now, they've got five games currently scheduled. They've got Nebraska at Illinois, UConn at Fresno State, Hawaii at UCLA, UTEP at New Mexico State, and Southern Utah at San Jose State. Yeah, that that Big Ten matchup is the big one. Uh, Nebraska at Illinois. Um, That should be an interesting, fun game. And to start the, the season off with a Big Ten game, because every year I feel like maybe they pick a different uh, conference to kick things off. Mm. Uh, last year I want to say it had to have been the ACC maybe. Uh, with Because uh, I, I want to say it was like Miami. It was Miami and somebody else kicked off the season last year, I want to say. I could be wrong. It's been a year. But <laughs> I think it's great that they kind of picked one big game to kind of kick off week zero. Uh, but this is like that's like a 1 o'clock kickoff, which is a little surprising. you think that that game would have been the night game. Yeah. but. Yeah, they got these games stretched out all through the yeah, day. Yeah, five so. games. Oh, that's going to be a great Saturday. Yeah. And San Jose State, they are coming to Western Michigan. Yep, we got our tickets right, for that, didn't we? Right here to Kalamazoo, and I've got a couple of tickets to that game. So we will be seeing San Jose State uh, in a few weeks. Okay. All right. Uh, wow. Any, anything else before we wrap up our uh, extra long, fourth, extra stuff, fourth anniversary spectacular? Boy, anniversary um, show. No, nah, other than I do vow that for <laughs> at least one time in the next calendar year. I will not be here for a Tuesday. I got I think my birthday. We'll record on a Wednesday. Hold on. Then. I think my birthday does fall on a Tuesday. <laughs> oh, you're not going to record on your birthday? And I think that's the one I would like to avoid. Oh, come on. Who wants to? Where Dave, else would you rather be but here with me talking football? Dave and Buster's. That's where I'd rather be. <laughs> I'll see if we can record our podcast oh my God. at a Dave and Don't Buster's. ruin my Dave and Buster's trip. <laughs> Gosh. Put that in the next year's clips already. <laughs> All right, so next week we're going to be starting year five, and man, so that's man. going to be our fifth NFL season that we've covered. Yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, we've we've been doing this a while, and uh, we plan to continue. And, it and for hey, now. we want to thank all of our listeners out there, you both know, of you. Well, <laughs> what few or many of you that may be out there, we love you know interacting with people. We're starting to get you know we're starting to make some friends on the on this podcast, uh, mm-hmm. uh, doing this podcast thing out there. So we yep. want to thank all you guys for listening, and we appreciate you guys your support. Uh, and you know we you know help the show out, tell more people about us. I mean, we're still yep. here doing it. Yep, and we're not selling anything. We're just uh, we're not making any money. That's for damn sure. We're just talking football every week. And if you like it, tell your friends about us. Yep. And sometimes I get to talk about movies, which is great. And I haven't even once plugged my own movie YouTube channel. I hope you're proud. Go ahead, plug it real quick. Nope, I refuse to plug it. I kind of sort of just did, but not really. Well, maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah. 
All right, that's all the time we've got for this week. Is if, it? Seems if like you we've got all the time in the world. Shut up. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we have done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. Yep, that's right. You can like The World of Football on Facebook at TWF Kalamazoo. We also post a lot of unique pictures, stories, highlights, and whatever else we find from the world of football. That all goes straight to there, as well as our Twitter, which is at TWF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every single Tuesday. Pretty much. For ding near four years. <laughs> uh, and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than we do. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm the other Snow. And we'll see you all next week.